0: Coming in at 6 foot 4, number 1, Patty's Playbook! Hey guys, I'm your host Patty. and welcome to Patty's Playbook. The show for all you sports lovers out there. We cover NRL, NBA, NFL, plus many more sports. You can find us on Instagram, At Paddy's Playable. I can hear the sport calling us. Let's dive into this episode, baby. All right, guys, we are back. The run to the finals. There's five or six weeks left and we're back with Liam. He loves his rugby league. We've had him on during the year, but we've had some technical difficulties uploading some of the um, episodes, the podcasts. So, mate, how are you? And you ready to rumble? Yeah, mate. Uh, Been fantastic. Jeez, the footy's been good this year. It has, I, um, I didn't expect it to get this log jammed up in the top eight, you know, from essentially two to 10 or 11. Like, Yeah, well, I mean, looking at the points, like, there is the same amount of difference between Penrith
1: um, to Cowboys currently in second, that there is from uh, second
0: to 11th. Like, it is just stacked in that, in that second to 11th. Yeah, no, bloody oath, mate. So, today's episode, we're going to, I want to get, I've already done this um, a few weeks ago, but I want to get your... Projected top eight, finish, going into the finals, one to eight. Who makes it, who misses out. And then we're gonna run through some contenders, pretenders. We've got some tiers, we're gonna break that down. And last year we had a bit of fun with uh, predicting the team of the year. I think last year we did it one or two weeks, maybe two or three weeks before the final. So we had a bit more of an understanding. We're going in a bit earlier, mate. It's gonna to be tougher, a bit of fun, and we'll hold ourselves a bit of accountability and Yep. <laughs> see, if, um, see. see if the listeners agree, disagree. It'll be, yeah, good little chat. It'll so good. top eight, mate. One to eight, break it down for me. All In right. order, and then we can discuss some things. Yeah. So uh, I think to no one's surprise, Penrith finished one. Um, it would take, I don't
1: know if it's possible at this point for them to not finish this, but uh, they, they've looked at the form uh, side all season. They'll finish one. Um, I have Sharks finishing second. Uh, just ahead of the Cowboys in third, Broncos in fourth, Storm finishing in fifth, Eels in sixth, the Rabbits in seventh, and the Roosters
0: taking that final spot in the eighth. Okay, awesome. So as it speaks, Parramatta are sitting seventh on 24 points. Below them, we have the Sydney Roosters, Manly, Canberra, and the Dragons, all on the same points. Is it fair for me to say those four teams are all fighting for one position? I think
1: so. Um, I think there's a four-point gap. And, you know, I, I don't see uh, the teams above them collapsing to the point where
0: two of those teams will get in. So I think it's, it's those four for the final spot. I agree. And even just looking at, at the ladder as we speak, the four and against for most of the teams above them are a lot better. So yeah. even if it does get down to that in the last round or two, the teams above them should hold on. So I agree with Penrith. I believe, yeah, I agree. The Cowboys-Sharks, that two and three, that could jostle. Personally, I think Cowboys might finish second, but there's still a long way to go. Anything could happen. Yeah. Um, And that might come down, we were talking before the podcast, that might come down to the last round. Yeah, Which would be interesting. And I think our boys, Penrith, have them. And do you reckon Ivan will be the type of bloke just to rest his squad? Or do you reckon he wants them going into finals, you know, a bit of continuity? So I think um,
1: what they might do this year, Penrith, because they will probably lock up the minor premiership early. Um, They know they're gonna finish one and they probably will with about three or four games to spare. Um, In the second last round, Penriff at home against the Warriors. I think there may be an opportunity to maybe rest a few then and then a few for the Cowboys game. Because I'm not sure uh, what strategy Ivan thinks works best because they all had the rest after uh, Origin. Uh, for last week. So maybe that might be an indication that rather than have that uh, huge rest uh, at the end of the year, uh, he put it there now and then uh, some of your like, uh, your Dylan Edwards, mm. your kick hours, um some of the players who uh, weren't there during Origin and didn't have that rest might get a rest in those final
0: rounds. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. I agree, mate. So then it leaves us fighting for that last spot in the top four. It's interesting. Brisbane have just catapulted out of nowhere. They're sitting fourth now. Melbourne Storm have collapsed, lost four on the trot. South Sydney are starting to fire. It's, I hope Brisbane finish in the four. Mm. I didn't have them a few weeks ago finishing the four. Is it Brisbane, Melbourne, South all fighting for that? Even Para, they could get it together. Who knows? Like, is it? Or you're confident Brisbane, I know they've got a very favourable draw coming up. Yeah, I, th- I think Brisbane
1: uh, just get in. But the argument, you know, you could make for all of those teams. Uh, Rabbits are on the way up. They're in, you know, a really good position. Uh, Melbourne, despite the four losses, their points differential, I think, is still right up there. It is. Um, Eels, they could beat anyone but lose to anyone. So it's so hard to project how they're going to go to finish these last six rounds. And then Broncos, I'm similar to you where I think a few weeks ago I might have had them just outside, probably in the five or six. I don't think I'd put them any lower than that um, because they've been fantastic. But they've been challenged a few times and they've responded each time. Um, And I feel confident in the team that they have, the momentum that they've got, that they could probably snatch that fourth
0: spot. Tell you what, mate, if Brisbane get a top four finish and they might not get the first. Um, round of the finals, home field advantage, but eventually they're going to get a game at Suncorp. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. I can tell you that. It for free. Is. That's, yeah. So that's interesting. So you've got Roosters closing out the eight, ahead of Manly, ahead of Canberra, who are slot- They're starting to get it together and Dragons. Is that, is that that's who you reckon? Yeah. I've, I, got, I, I've got the same if that's, yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I think looking at it, uh, I might have given Manly a, ch- a, a good chance of uh, taking it prior to the other night. Um, but I feel like they're just missing something. And and it's easy to say it's Tom Travojevic, but I feel like they've shown this year, whether it's Garrick stepping up or what we've seen from Cherry Evans a few times this year, they're still good enough to put in a big performance. But I feel like, Um, And what it showed last night is they just can't do it consistently. And if they get behind, I don't see them as the team that can claw it back. And it might just come down to how hungry they are. With the Raiders, they have the most favourable draw out of those four because I believe they play Penrith and that's it for a top eight side. So they're in a really good position. But I also believe their points differential in the negatives. So they'll have to turn that around because it may just come down to that point central. Um and Dragons, I think, they are they are a strong outside chance. I just think they might be coming uh from
0: behind uh, a bit too late. Yep. No, I love that mate. I agree. I had the same one to eight in a few different positions, but I think you've nailed it on the head. And what makes it so interesting for me this week coming up Manly Roosters, they're both in the same points, that's, going, that's a huge clash, it's pretty much finals football, like you, it's, it's win or go home essentially, we talk about Canberra, Manly, they play each other in the last round, so you've got these bottom four fighting for that last eight spot it's just outrageous, they're playing, it's just yeah, the matchups are interesting, I love it so I think we roll on now to our pretenders and contenders, you've broken it down into tiers, I, I was doing a bit of homework last night, mate, and I had a migraine. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't break, break it down into tears. So all I know is, I think most people can agree, obviously we're Penrith fans, but Penrith are in the top tier by themselves. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're so
1: far ahead. And while they're not untouchable, they're.
2: I think they deserve to be in that upper echelon uh, by themselves at
0: the moment. Okay. A few weeks ago, I had... Actually, we'll run through your we'll run through your top tiers and then we'll, your tiers and then we'll discuss it all. I'd, yeah, I had a few yeah. different things, but if things are just changing week by week. It's it's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: What well, do you got? A lot for of me, movement man? going on. So as it stands, I've got Penrith in that tier one, and then my second tier, I've got the Sharks, the Cowboys, and the Broncos, uh, who make up my top four. Um, and I think like have been uh, three of the more consistent uh, performers against uh, good sides. Um, going down to the next tier, I've got Storm, Eels, Rabbits. Uh, Storm, someone who have would have fallen out of that second tier based on their last month, and Rabbits being someone who could break into that second tier based on their last month. Um, and Eels, I think that third tier is probably where I'd keep them just because they're, they're still a good enough side that they're not going to fall any lower than probably what they are, um, but it's about whether they can consistently uh, challenge the top sides and push into that upper tier uh, with your Cowboys, with your Broncos and Sharks, uh, and then my thought tier are the four teams we talked about: the the Roosters, the Raiders, Sea Eagles, Dragons, that are vying for that spot um, in the eight. And like you were saying, they play each; they all play each other, which is fantastic because there will be no doubt. I feel which of the better teams. Is that gets that spot? It's not an easy run, uh, apart from the the Raiders one. But they, like you said, they have to play Manly in that last round. They will have to play the Dragons. They these teams are going to fight
2: it out, (laughs) and they're going to see who's left standing. Yep, I love that.
0: Do you think Roosters Manly, Canberra Dragons can are they contenders for you, or we just put the line through them? Unfortunately, when like when I ask you this question about the tears pretenders, contenders, in your mind, close your eyes, I can legit see them there at least on grand final day or lifting the trophy. No.
1: And I feel like I, I say that confidently for Raiders, Seagulls, Dragons, um, that, and with Roosters, I I can't see them being their grand final day. But for them, it's it's not as much like, I don't have faith in them. I just feel like they're, they'll run out of gas. Um, they're running out of troops. Um, similar to last year. Yeah, similar to last year. And they've had this issue for a few years now. Um, you know, this is the third year where they've had a game in which they suffered two ACLs, which, which is nuts. They're just running out of uh, steam a little bit. And while they're very impressive uh, against the Knights the other night, And against the Dragons the week before, I just, I see them get into the eight and it wouldn't surprise me if they
2: caused an upset in that first week, but I just don't think they have what it takes to go all the way. I agree. I agree. That next tier of
0: yours, Melbourne, South Sydney and Parramatta, we'll stick with the Eels for a second. I'm terrified of the Eels because they're the only team to beat Penrith, for example, this season. They beat Melbourne down in Melbourne. but. It just comes down to consistency. And like being a Parramatta fan, you must just pull your hair out night in, oh, week in, week out. You'd have to. And what
1: makes it more frustrating if you're a uh, Para fan is this is the same thing that has happened to them the last few years. And they just haven't found a way to break that. Um, yeah, they can beat Penrith, they can beat Melbourne, but then they switch off just a bit and then the Tigers beat them. Bulldogs beat them and not just, you know, in the case of the Bulldogs, it wasn't just beat them. They convincingly destroyed them. Like, but it does make them a really scary prospect in the finals because if they find a way to turn it on, they, they can, um, go all the way. I don't know if I put them completely as a contender but I, ref- I will refuse to as a pretender either. I think they sit right in the middle.
0: Yeah, perfect analogy. I couldn't agree more. They're probably going to need some O nine 9 Haynes kind of just amazing run. But it's the consistency for me. It's up, it's down. And I never thought of it this way, but if they finish where they are now, which we think they will, you've projected it, yeah. I agree, they're going to have to win four games to win the comp when it comes finals time. Yeah, That's, that's outrageous. It's never been done before. Like... The new system, you've got you to finish in the top four. That's what the numbers say. Yeah. That's the history, you know. So do I think they could get to a prelim this year? Oh, yes, I do. But I think they might just run out of gas similar to other teams. Like they've just made it. You've got to give yourself, put yourself in prime position at the end of the year. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say about them.
1: Yeah. And on that, yeah, they could make a prelim, but I can't remember who it is, so I can't credit. But I saw... A something a few weeks ago, and it was showing that Parramatta are the only team mm-hmm. since 2010 to haven't made the prelim. Now, granted, the year before they made the grand final, but since then, they can't get to the prelim stage. And I feel like this was the knock on South a few years where they got to the prelim yes. stage, but they couldn't go to the next level. Um, so Parramatta have to get to the level before that next level. That's their big challenge this year.
2: Yep.
0: Couldn't agree more, mate. And I said this. My projections, my, my predictions, sorry, at the start of the season for Parramatta. At the end of the year, we're going to rate their season. If I think it's a pass mark, I think it's a great season if they get to the prelim. I said that. Just get there. Give yourself a sniff. Play eighty minutes of good football. You might be in the grand final again. Just get there. Put yourself in a position. And as you said, zero they have failed to do it the last ten years or since two thousand and ten. Yeah. So we'll see what they can do. But it's going to be interesting end of the season for them. South Sydney, God, they look good last night. The last fortnight, Trell Mitt back in the yeah. house. They're on the way up. For me, they're a team where they might not get to a grand final, but they've got that X factor, that just game-breaking ability. Your Cody Walkers when he's on, if he, you know, he can switch on. Latrell Mitchell, as we said, Damian Cook, Keir Murray. It's scary. And they're one of those, they're probably the team I'm terrified the most, like as a Penrith fan, if they can get to a grand final. I don't, I don't know if, if they can, but if... I think they're capable of winning the competition on their day i agree i think they've got all the right pieces in place yep i think south
1: this year um i've been very critical of them throughout the year um because and you know i said at the end of last year which was they were going to miss adam reynolds and it is a tired discussion that i'm sure a lot of the south fans are tired of but it was clearly affecting them and you were seeing that with how brisbane were on the upward Souths were on the downward downward because Cody Walker, as good a player as he can be when he's on, lacks focus when he gets challenged and he lets aggression get the better of him. I think having Luttrell back for them has really ignited them uh, this season because I would not have put them as a contender a month ago when they were beaten quite convincingly by Since then, since Luttrell's been back, the impact he's had on that team, he just lifts them. Cody's been better. Damien's been better. All the players have been better. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I agree. If they keep going on the path they are, um, they are a scary prospect to play in these series, no matter who they play against.
0: Yep. Beautiful. And I guess the thing is, like, we have not seen a fit Latrell Mitchell for the South Sydney when the whips are cracking at the end of the year. Last year suspension, year before that injury. Kim, big players like that, they, they grab the you know the game by the scruff of the neck, and they want those big moments. Like Origin, he's been there, he's done it. Yep. That's another topic, but like Grand Finals, he's won two of them. Yeah, he's made for it. So it, yeah.
1: he, he is. Um, you know, whatever happened in the states, he's come back. You know, it primed yep. for a good run to the finals.
0: That's the thing. Like he came back, and it was. Like, just a, this switch has gone off. He looked phenomenal. Like, yep. fitter. Anyway, yeah, we'll see what they can do. I think yeah, they're heading in the right direction. Team that's not heading in the right direction, the Melbourne Storm. I had them no. in my second tier behind Penrith and with the Cowboys a few weeks ago. I guess we'll just we'll keep it straight to the point. Yep.
2: Can the Melbourne Storm win the comp without Pappy? No. Not, not with
1: how they're playing and not with the attitude I'm seeing. Because last night, um, and it was reflected in Bellamy, where he's not confident they can turn it around. Now, is he saying that to challenge the players? Maybe, and maybe it works. But they just don't feel like the Melbourne Storm. And they've been without Munster. They've been without Pappy and key players before. And they've still... Kept to that Melbourne Storm way of playing, but for some reason, and look, credit to them, they have had a horrid run with injuries, and it has been almost the whole season. You know, they lost Christian Welsh early, they lost George Jennings early, they lost pieces that were just um, important to stability. So you've had a lot of young young players come in. For me,
0: sorry to but in Raymond Smith is just crucial loss. Yes, defensively their edges look. Terrible. Yeah, Xavier Coates. Um, yes. wow. Yeah, they've,
1: you know, been um, without uh, your M- Munster for a period. Pappy's just it's horrible. Uh, the injuries he's had to deal with. Um, you know, Harry being a bit off form, being out, being in origin, so missing him. Cheese like, uh, the game against Cronulla, which was the last one he played in, where he goes off at the ref it's just frustration for the storm that they've kind of avoided that so many years but it's just kind of wearing thin on them a bit now um and i i really and and maybe they turn it around look they've got warriors and titans in the next two weeks the next two weeks for melbourne is the time to work out what's gone wrong Mm. and put it into place um I think they play the Warriors next week uh, in New Zealand. So Warriors will give them a fight. So I think what Bellamy might want to see next week is that fight because that's what he wants to see as they go into finals, the will to fight. Last night, I didn't see that. And I feel like it's... It, South convincingly beat them last night, regardless of the score.
2: They just weren't in it. So I, I think Melbourne, for me... Um, I will refuse always refuse to write them off. But
1: I really just don't see how they turn it around this year.
0: Yep, no, I agree. I refuse to write them off, but it's just like they're they're getting beaten at their own game, they're getting bullied, you know, your Jesse Bromwiches and it's looking a bit slower and older and I get we won't talk about it now, but it makes you think like next year what's gonna happen with them, the personnel they're losing and yeah. anyway, that's we can have those discussions later on, yeah. mate, another day. But refuse to rule them out, but if they don't finish in that top four, wow. It's, yeah. I, I, it's it's going to be like unseen, unheard of, really. Like Melbourne are just always up there. Yeah. So we'll see. I, who knows? Maybe they turn it around. Maybe they sneak top four. And the second tier, which is just extremely exciting Cowboys, Sharks, and Brisbane. And maybe people would have said the Sharks at the start of the year. I think we had them or I had them around the six, seven, eight yeah. mark. Six, about. Around there? These three teams have shot out of nowhere this year. And I think they're all genuine premiership contenders. Yeah, it's,
1: it's amazing. Like, um, and I'm happy to admit this, I, Cowboys last. Going <laughs> in, I, I did. I, I did because I looked at it and I thought, what have they done um, differently this year? And I looked at it and I said, they got Chad Townsend. Um, and nothing against Chad because he's a premiership winner. But the Chad Townsend from last year, and then that he's been a solid hand. Who would go into a team and be an okay halfback, um, but it just wasn't anything that I saw that I thought they needed. Turns out what they needed was what they had. Mm. It was there, and Peyton saw that. Peyton faced a lot of criticism last year when he challenged a lot of his own players.
0: I was, I was asking the questions. Yeah. I was,
1: I, okay. yeah, yeah. I thought too early on, um, he's doing this the wrong way, but. I think we should have realised that what he did at the Warriors was inspire a team that was homesick, that was had lost players to at least fight, and if he could get that fight, the talent was there, and the talent's definitely there in Townsville. Like we've seen the players that have come uh, out to the front this year. You see Nanai, you see uh, Tom Gilbert, uh, someone like that, Ruben Cotter, and then. Players like Kyle Felt, uh, Helam Lukey before his injury, Jason Tamalolo, uh, Tommy Dearden, Drinkwater, and I'm nearly naming the whole team here, yeah. but uh, Peter Hicku. Like, these players were not in this kind of form last year. It it truly has come out of nowhere, but it was always there, and I think Peyton just knew he ne- what he had and needed to unlock it. And... You look at someone like Dearden, who 12 months ago, he was dropped from Brisbane and facing all sorts of criticism. And this year, not only has he been a standout for the Cowboys, he goes into the Maroons camp, plays in a very tough decider, and he shines. And it, Peyton deserves a lot of credit with how the Cowboys have gone this year because he's just worked with what they had.
0: I think going into that last Origin game, I think the Cowboys had the most players in either squad, but like not necessarily playing or throughout the series. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. Quade was injured like going into Game Three. Yep. Nanai, Tommy Dearden, Valentine Holmes. I think the Hammer was in a squad maybe, or he played last year. Yeah, Murray Tualaungi, McLean was in there, got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, Gilbert. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm missing a few. Townsend was in the squad. Game three, like, literally, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it was, it's yeah. bizarre. It's bizarre. It's, yeah, this it leaves me speechless. And yeah, we'll talk about our coaching the year a bit later. But, yeah, Sharkies, Nico Hines comes in, Fitzgibbon, they back their defense. Dale Finucan, great leader. Outside backs have been phenomenal, I think. One of the, yeah. you know, probably top three or five outside backs in the comp. They work well, get off their, um, com- you know, run hard at their own end. And Brisbane. I don't know. Do you have a team that you prefer over these three in the next tier? Like, um, or does it come down to maybe a prelim, maybe home court a home field advantage? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really tough
1: to separate these three, actually, because I, I, I genuinely believe um, the Sharks are very close to being where they need to be to, to really challenge Penrith uh, consistently. Like last night, they were fantastic. And what what undid them was not not just Penrith being themselves, but Cronulla. Just as the game went on, I just think they couldn't uh, keep that high intensity for the whole game. Um, But it it showed me enough that they are, if they can play like that for eighty, they are going to be bloody tough to beat. Um, And then the Cowboys this year have shown that when they come up against, like, a Storm or a Para, one of these top teams, they, they, they know how to hang with them. And what I think sold it for me finally, and it, maybe it took longer than it should have, for the, me to see the Cowboys are a true, true contender, was the game against Manly where they were down, I think it was 14 or 16 points, with about seven a go. And they just went, no, nope, we're, we're not done. And they went and they won the game. And that kind of passion and drive um, is something that when it gets tough in these clashes um,
2: in finals, they know that they can win as long as they they put in. Um, And then
1: Brisbane Brisbane have been far better than what we thought. And we already thought, or at least I did, that they were going to be a good team this year. Um, I thought they might challenge for a spot in the back end of the eight. And I i don't think I ended up putting them in my eight. Uh, it was just because other teams I thought would be better. Mm. But they have, you know, whether it's Reynolds, Capewell, or the real standout uh, for them this year, Carrigan, oh. that have just carried them to that, that level. That they like the Cowboys, they're almost the ahead of where they should be. Mm. Like this would, like, I, I think if you ask Kevi, uh, being the guy he is, he probably would have been like, oh, I had hopes for the eight because I know what is in this squad. More of like a building block and then next yeah. year you leave. Yeah, exactly. Take, take the next step. Yep. But they've taken about three or four steps <laughs> um, and, and good on them because they are playing some really fun, exciting football. Um, but also some tough football. Their, their forwards have really laid a great platform um, for them in these games. You know, Capewell was always going to be a really good signing um, for them as like a leadership and a key position in that, uh, in that pack. And then we knew what Payne and Haas could do, but he's, he's kept going with that uh, despite the uh, distraction of uh, he doesn't want to be there at one point. Um, and then Carrigan stood up. And um, even someone like Jordan Rickey, um, I feel like it's been really good this year. So I find it really hard, uh, in summary, just to split those
0: three. Yeah, I, yeah you've, you've described each team perfectly. I guess the Cowboys, you kind of break them down. They're the second best defensive team in the competition, which goes a long way to, I always like to think of it like American sport. Offense, attack, wingy games, defense. Wingy premierships, yep. Wingy championships. Brisbane, I can't believe this, but I, I literally can't really split through those three teams. And I think, unfortunately, it might come down to a home field advantage in a prelim, maybe an injury here or there. Unfortunately, like, yeah. just it could be that just one crucial moment. It might be a seventy-third minute try to edge it or a field goal. I just feel like this finals has something special. Mm. And I honestly can't – they've all got gun squads. They all play well. They all defend well. They've got – maybe Brisbane, I'm a bit concerned about their fullback position and maybe 5'8", regarding experience. Yeah. But you've got one of the most experienced halves, Adam Reynolds, who just takes them – Yeah, he, can, he doesn't, you know – he's not doing anything too flashy. Like, he's doing these mad little chip and chases and whatnot, scoring tries. But he's just settling the trips down and just guiding him around the park. And it's these younger guys, Carrigan and are splitting open. Katoni stag's when he gets early pure. Yeah, I don't. Know, I just worry that fullback position. If it's Tessie New or Tamari Martins, has oh, he gone to the Warriors straight away or is it that next year?
1: Um, I'm not sure actually. Um, I think he's, he's out at the moment dealing yeah. with an injury. Um, yeah, it, it's a tough one because I actually think tessie has been pretty good since he's come back. He is um, a strong ball
0: carrier, but
1: yeah, it, it's a tough one. And they've obviously um, got Reese Walsh coming next year, so whether that's their intent to put him straight in the fullback or, you know, do they persist with Cobbo in like the Latrell mold of moving from the outside backs into that fullback position. The one thing I hope it doesn't come down to, apart apart from injury, because I want the best players playing, because it's just far better spectacle, is, um, and it's, you know, we don't want to talk about it, but it's the COVID, um, is like, I don't want to see Where we get to one of those finals, and then you know a team loses a player or more to COVID, and honestly, uh, that's what could stop a lot of these teams. Which it's it's just unfortunate reality. And now they, you know, whether they go into a bubble in the lead up to finals or they put in other measures, I just hope that when we get to it, that the best players are playing, and we can say that whoever wins better team won and there's no asterisks or question marks.
0: That's what I want. I agree. It's scary. It happened over in the, like the end, we're kind of like six months behind what's happening in America, like with their seasons and stuff. Yeah. And like it happened with the Clippers, Paul George, it mm-hmm. was a playing game, last game of the season, when you're in the playoffs kind of thing, he got COVID and couldn't play like the morning of the game. So you're right. You want to see the best players on the field. And I was actually to that comment. This is actually interesting. I was listening. I think I was on the radio. And James Graham said, because with like Monster getting COVID and stuff in Origin, apparently that's like a not like individual people through um, the club. It's mm. like an overall testers come in, like they overlook the whole thing. I'm trying to, I'm stuffing out how I'm explaining, but they overlook the whole thing. But apparently each club's got their own individual doctors and people that test them. It's all in house. Yeah. And he said, I'm fucking dodging it. I'm dodging it. I'm getting one bloke that's clean, and I'm putting all the tests through and I'm saving them for a rainy day. Like, yep, it, it sounds bad, like what, what we've gone through these last two, three years, but yep. yeah, I, I it's just you want to see the best players, and I reckon some dodgy shits like that could go down. Oh,
1: I mean, when the uh, the Munster situation happened, I think it was around this time, Mick Ennis just said they asked him, and he said, I would um, lie or like, yeah, I wouldn't, I'd, I'd throw it in the bin, and I think. One of the ex-coaches might have said the same thing like and it's like you can look at it like yes it's not based on what we the world's had to deal with the last few years yeah it's not right to do that but at the end of the day these clubs are going to look at it and go do i what 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 is the worst scenario is it i we get fined uh, or another sanction put on us because we did this or do we, you know, does like a, a Nathan Cleary or does a Adam Reynolds or or whoever, do they miss
2: like the grand final, prelim final, and lose it? What do like? It's a reality. It's mate. a reality of sport. It is. It is. And
0: I guess just to end that, that topic, that conversation is, it's a double edged sword because people are going like, oh, why didn't we just do this throughout the whole year? Just play stuff at like move on with life, and it's like, yeah. If we're going to do that and then they have to isolate still, which is a, a regulation, whatever. Imagine the r- ramifications it has on the quality of the competition throughout the whole year. Yeah. Players going in and out, you know what I mean? Like the whole squad will get busted out. And then you're playing with, like with your New South Wales Cup, or your Queensland Cup team. Anyway, it's, it's an interesting one. So I know it's tough, mate, but you have to pick, uh, just for the potty, for the fun, yeah. one of those teams, Cowboys, Sharks, Broncos, who do you think will go the furthest this year? Sharks. Sharkies, bang. Job done. Top tier by himself, we're obviously Penrith fans, members. I don't really have too much to say. I can let you pull the reins, you might let it go wild if you want. (laughs) Yeah, look, we don't need to dwell on this too much. Um, And I think people would appreciate that.
1: Uh, Penrith, (laughs) um, it's just what they've been doing the last two years. They're they're just consistently doing the right things. They've developed the talent that can step into positions when these players are out, they have just built a winning culture and a culture that they enjoy themselves. And when you're enjoying football, um, you see it with how Brisbane are now compared to what they were a year, two years ago. When you're enjoying football, it's much easier to win because you're happy to t- train, you're happy to turn up and dig deep when, uh, when things get tough. Penrith the big advantage for them this year is in the last two seasons, they have lost a grand final and they have won a grand final. So they know what it takes to do both. So they know what to avoid and what to do going in the finals. The biggest challenge for Penrith this year is going to be managing uh,
2: the expectation that's on them, um, avoiding injury and, um, and just
1: understanding that just because they are, you know, in, in a league of their own, essentially, they are, as we saw, Para beat them this year. But I would see numerous teams in this final series uh, beating Penrith at whether it's in a, uh, the second round or a prelim um, if Penrith are off their game. So they, they just have to keep doing what they're doing right um, and stay focused.
0: Yep, no, I agree. I guess it helps with being winning the comp last year. The monkeys off the back, but still, the expectations are up here. Everyone's talking back to back, and we'll see. It's going to be exciting. I agree. I during the whole year on the podcast, I don't really want to hit this. I haven't even really talked about them too much. Like I don't want to pump them up and pump them up because you get to the end of the year and if no. something does happen, you, you're sitting in your own shit essentially. Like yeah. you know, like
2: yeah.
1: The excitement of this year is the It's not the Panthers. Panthers, they're 2020, even going into 21. That was the excitement period where Penrith are the hot team on the block. Now they are target number one. And the exciting thing is watching which of the teams will step up. Um, And that's what I'm most excited about because there's no point having a competition in which there's one good side who just consistently wins. Um, And it's good when it's your team, but having the competition is what makes for the you know, the game good to be at its best. And that's why I'm really excited about having all the teams that are making up the eight or fighting for the eight are good teams. Um, and I feel like last year we had, like, no disrespect to them, but, like, Knights and Titans felt like maybe what – I don't know if they would challenge for this year. But a lot of them uh, this year that are in that eight and
0: fighting – they feel like good teams. Mm. Um, I agree. It feels like that gap that we've all talked about, maybe the last year or the year before, it's kind of closed, I guess, or there's more teams that have yeah. climbed the ladder.
1: Yeah. And, um, and, and the hope is that, you know, that, that continues. And I mean, no one would have picked the Cowboys and Broncos to be where they are. Mm. People had, you know, hopes, but where they are so soon, um, if you're a team following, uh, and we haven't talked about them. Um, But like, you know, Knights, Warriors, Titans, Tigers, Bulldogs, the the forgotten five that at the end of the day, they're out of it. Um, And it's looking ahead to next year. Mm. But they can look at those teams and be like, we're only a few things away,
2: you know, of being maybe not the same heights, but even getting into the eight next year.
1: It's not out of the realm of possibility, and you know next year we're getting the Dolphins, so it's going to be a really interesting competition next year.
0: Mm. Um, I feel like sort of budding, those yep. teams that we just talked about down the lower end of the table. I think they need to have the mindset, and we've got to go into the season. We've got the experience, the runs on the board of the head of the Dolphins. We got we got to go. We got to beat them. We got to finish above them. That should be all be their goals. Like, don't let this new franchise come in and. Kind of take our position, take our spot. Yeah. Um. No, I agree, mate, with Penrith. I guess my last comment last night. I like when we get pushed, and we're down ten nil against the Sharks. We're down, I think, double digits or six or eight points against the Roosters a a month ago. And I know there was some controversial calls, da da da. But I like that seeing us get pushed and just seeing the calmness and just. I think it's going to help us in the back end of the year. Yeah, definitely. You know, and we
1: play um a fair few of the teams that we might play in the finals. And that's good. And and I think if you're a team that are in that finals race, you want to be playing the good teams. You want to be getting in that in that rhythm of, you know, tough grinding games. Um because because if you're not, and this is where Raiders um they were to sneak in the eight, it might hurt them that they didn't have a stronger run. Um, but I mean with that being said you know, if you're that team, you're just happy to get there. That's what it takes. Mm. But yeah, the, I think the top teams that play the the harder games going
0: into the finals um, definitely have that advantage definitely. when it comes to them. It'll benefit them. They'll be able to, as you say, get used to the grind, even come up with little game plans. You know, if, if it's a game that doesn't really mean as much, you know, the, the top four set or the top eight set, you can, all right, boys, this second half, let's try and stick to this game plan. We'll try this type, style of football. We'll try this. So we'll, Try and to execute this for 10, 15 minutes. Keep our high-intensity tempo up, da-da-da. So I like it, mate. Um, team of the year predictions. I think at the start of potty, I said we did this last year. It was yeah. a bit of fun. We've, yeah. We're going to come in a bit earlier during the year and pull it apart. See how we go. So I do want to start with, though, the Dalian. Before the betting or before the votes went behind closed doors, Ben Hunt was leading. Yep. Do you think he holds on? Is he your Daliam, or do you have another? Do you have a few other players that are in mind or in contention? I think um,
2: I'd love to see Isaiah Yo get it,
1: mm. um, and I think he might have been second or third on, on the list when it went behind closed doors. But Ben Hunt, I think, uh, if Ben Hunt were to win it, um, I. I I don't care what anyone says. He, he would be a worthy winner uh, because Ben, and we saw it in Origin, Ben has been a consistently great player, um, like for the Dragons, for Queensland, for a number of years now. Um, and he is the type of player that really does put a team on his back and carries them to victory. So, like with Dragons, they are still challenging for the top eight. So they're going to have some games this year where he's going to need to do exactly what he does. Um, and if he keeps that up, there is no reason why he doesn't win the Um And, and I'd, I'd, I'd be happy saying, yeah, he he's probably the favourite going into it. Because I think, you know, you look at who would have been challenging if things hadn't gone in the way. I'd say uh, if Nathan hadn't missed the start of the year or any games he'd been out. Um, if... Happenhausen doesn't suffer injury after injury. Um, he's probably, you know, your front runner. But mm-hmm. Ben, uh, his
0: consistency uh, for that dragon squad, probably what will get him Dallium. Yep. No disrespect to Benny Hunt. I, I hope he wins it too. I'm, I'm I want Yoda win, but I'm more than happy if, um, Hunt yep. wins. Deserves it. It kind of reminds me of two years ago. I think when Jackie White won it. Yeah. Kind of in that not losing team, but team that's fighting for an eight position and yeah. Benny Hunt's getting three points, essentially every eight, two or three points. It's just how the system works. I think we've ever yep. talked about it on the podcast before, whether we like it, dislike it. Mm. And I'm sure mate, we'll talk here now. And I'm pretty sure listeners will agree. Mm. If he wins it at the end of the year, people are going to blow up. Oh, he didn't even make the top eight data done. Da, da, it's like, yeah. just understand the systems. Like we've talked about it a million times and these conversations happen every single year. Definitely. It's it's yeah, anyway, I hope he wins it. So Coach of the year. I know we've got different opinions, so I'll come out first, and then you can yep. – because I think mine's – I think yours might be a little more left field than mine. But yep. I've got Todd Payton, obviously. Talked about the Cowboys. Yep, of course. Phenomenal. Um, what, what did they finish last year, like 13th or 14th or something? Might have been even 15th. 15th. Yeah, but it was low. And he's essentially got them a top four finish this year. He's yep. Turned the club around. Talked about it all podcast. Phenomenal. So I've got Toddie Payton. What about you, mate? Yeah, well. I know you've got a few. I'll let you run through yeah, the, yeah, the candidates. I, look, I,
1: I think this comes down to four. And it's, uh, it's Ivan Cleary, it's Todd Payton, it's Kevin Walters, and it's my pick, which is Craig Fitzgibbon. And I only give it to, like, this might be the closest uh, and toughest coach of the year in recent memory. When Just, just thinking back, sometimes it's been between maybe two Maybe you could argue for it, but I think there's four genuine Coach of the Year candidates. Um, and I gave it to Fitzgibbon purely on the fact that this is his first year. And he came into a shark side that missed the top eight last year. And they're at a, an important uh, crossroads in that, are they going to turn things around? Now, they had players that were coming. They had Nico Hines, they had Nuke, and they had Cameron McInnes. But they need, he needed to find a way to get them into a system, uh, play consistent football. And I, I just think what he's done in year one um, has just been uh, phenomenal. And it's the point where um, I could see him taking Sharks all the way to a grand final, to a grand final win. Um, not that I don't for any of the other candidates, but I think it purely comes down to his first year. Um, of full-time coaching, and he's got them to where they are.
0: Right, I love it. I think you've sold it. you <laughs> sold it to me. Let's get Fitzy there. <laughs> no, honestly, I've, as you said, that, that, those four candidates, it's so tough. I'd love to see a Todd Payton or a, a Fitzy. I think just a new coach on the block kind yep. of. And I guess it transitions to the conversations we've had about these teams that have just taken that jump and the future for them, whether it's a Broncos, whether it's a... Yeah, those three contenders in the second tier, it's yeah, just phenomenal. Yeah. So, phenomenal. Team of the year. This was tough. I, we, talked pre, um, we talked pre-podcast and I
3: yeah.
0: I had my 1-13 to and I had a few question marks in some positions. I, was, I didn't know what to do. So, yeah. I'm glad I've got your assistance. <laughs> I think we'll go through our team together, but then you can have honorable mentions and I guess we can just discuss yeah, as is. we go through what yeah. are different opinions we had and we'll, we'll unite as one. So... Fullback, mate. Take it away. Yep. So James Tedesco. Was there... I had our boy, Dylan Edwards. Yeah. Is he an honourable mention? Do you think he's well-deserving? I I, I think so. I I think...
1: I was thinking about it, um, and this probably comes down to Teddy just over Dylan. Okay. Um, I think Dylan definitely deserves the credit um, for what he's done consistently this year. Um, And I, I feel like... Pappenhausen would have been the third in this debate had he stayed on the field, um, but he just couldn't, he couldn't stay on the field, and um, season's over for him. Um, Tommy wouldn't stay on the field. Um, Luttrell hadn't been there the whole year. Um, there were just a lot of question marks. Uh, drink, drink water, I think he's been really good in that Cowboys side, um, but I'd just have to give it to Teddy.
0: Yep, no, I agree, mate. I guess. That's a nice little analysis. It's like the kind of two guys that have been at the top of the game all year, elite, last man standing. So it's got to go to one of them. Yep. Um, I'm more than happy and agree, in grants with um, Teddy. The wingers. I know we both locked in Alex Johnson straight away. We talked. Yep, 100%. Top, top try scorer as we speak. I think he'll finish. Did he do top try, scores last, top try scorer yeah, last year? Yeah,
1: so he got it last year and the year before. So it oh, looks really? like three years in a row for Alex Johnson. And I mean, he is bolting up the tri-scorers list. I think he's either just one off the top 10 or... I think
0: top 10 last night he got.
1: Yeah, but he's right around there and he's 27. So there's still a few years um,
2: for him. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I couldn't agree more. We both had AJ
0: locked in. Now, the other wing. This was a question mark for me. I need your assistance here. Break down who you've got and some honourable mentions. because there's four or five here. We could, we could talk all day about this other wing spot.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's a tough one because I think wingers, um, you look at what they do, I think, uh, apart from finishing tries, is like how do they um, maybe assist with the tries with their centre on the inside? Uh, what do they do um, in terms of running the ball? So for me, I had Tio um, initially, mainly because of the, what he does when he's got the ball. The post-contact meters, the taking the hit-ups from... From his forwards, giving them a bit more of a rest. Um, but then you've got someone like Ronaldo Militalo, who has been, uh, and until Katoa unfortunately suffered he, his injury, one of the highlights of the Sharks each week was seeing this ongoing battle between Katoa and Militalo of who is the top try scorer between the two. And they were just going back and forth. Um, and I think Mil- Militalo's been really good this year, try scoring and um, being a really dangerous weapon for them on that i think left edge um he's got the speed he's got the strength so he he's for me been right up there and then you can consider someone like selwyn Cobo who has spent time in the wing but also fullback at center so does he gather dally points uh that gives him a spot on the wing it's a really tough
0: one we talked about oats Yeah. When you mentioned at the start of the podcast, I said, what about Taylor May? Yeah. He's essentially probably not done more for Penrith this year, but he's been there for more games. So that was a, that was a discussion. That was a, you know, an option. Liam, tell the listeners who are locking in. I have full faith in you. I have full faith in you because I I had the question marks.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to give it to Mulatalo. I think he's been there, I think nearly every game. Um, And I just think he's been a, a key piece for Cronulla's success this year.
0: Beautiful. Centre pairing. I'm glad we could both agree on this because yep. I don't even know. Maybe you've got some honourable mentions for the centre pairing. Yeah, but I do. But it was a
1: much tougher or much more clear cut. I felt yeah. this position.
0: Who are who are, the, who are our centres, mate? And then maybe honourable mentions if you want after. Yeah. So we've got Valentine Holmes and Joey Manu. Any one of the reasons for that, obviously, Joey Manu is just a freak. Yeah, I think Joey Manu, um, just this year, and
1: he's someone like like a like a who's spent time out of his position, um, playing. I think fullback at, to- at one or two times, and uh, and more recently, we've seen him play in that five eighth role. And the main thing is get Joey Manu in your goddamn team because it doesn't matter where he's on the field, he will produce. And he oh. changes the game. I mean, the game against Dragons a fortnight ago. Uh, the, the time that he was in that position, they were great. And then uh, through injury, he had to shift out to the centre and that was when you saw Dragons come back. Then uh, Roosters understood, you know, the correlation and put him back in that spot and he shines again. Yeah. The, th- the main thing is get Joey Manu the ball and he will do great things. Um, so I think in that center position, he's just been so consistently good um, for that Rooster side. And he's been amongst all the injuries around him. He has been maybe apart from Tedesco, their most consistent player um, and so vital to their charge towards uh, September this year. So I'm happy with him being.
0: I'll ask a little left-field question here, and then I'll let you finish off your centres. Yep. I was having a think about this the other night. Joey Manu, I think he's the most consistent best centre in the NRL. Uh, He's a top five centre in the NRL. That's not even debatable. If he played fullback, we've seen he's done it for the Roosters plenty of times, more than a handful of times, elite. Done it for the Kiwis, what, 400 running metres. He's just another planet. I think it'd be fair to say, like consistent, or would, this is just my opinion, consistently I'd just probably say he's a top five fullback in the NRL if he played the one on his back. Is that fair? Do you tend to agree?
1: I agree. I'd definitely put him up there. I mean, I think the Dolphins at one point, would, they were trying to sign him as a marquee player, as were numerous clubs, uh, New Zealand at one point, for their fullback position. Because they just recognised you know, that, that you put him in one of those key playmaking positions and he will shine.
0: Perfect. We talked about playmaking positions, mate. I thought, at this, you know, he put VMware in the six. Jerome Luai, Cameron Munster, Dylan Brown. Maybe I'm missing another player. And not in order, that's just any order. I think it'd be fair to say if you gave him more repetition and what he's shown in a, sh- a small sample size, I understand that he's probably a top five, five eight in the NRL as well. It would
1: be interesting seeing him having a full season <sighs> in that position. And it's a tough one for the Roosters because they've got kiri and uh, Walker there. But I really loved what I saw from him in that position. And I looked at the Roosters with a whole new light and I went, geez, they are a dangerous side when Manu's in that six.
0: Yeah. I just, like, imagine next year, we're getting off topic. This is my last little thing. Imagine a Brandon Smith, the cheese at hooker, if that's what, that's what their plans are. Teddy at the back and Joey Manu at six. I don't know. I'll leave it at that, mate.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a topic for next year. Yeah. Be, yeah.
0: I just think he's a top five player in three positions in the NRL, or he could be. He's arguably, arguably. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Don't want to ruffle too many people's feathers up. Yep. <laughs> Who's your other centre, mate?
1: Yeah, Valentine Holmes. I, I think um, whether it was for the Cowboys or the Maroons this year, he's just been so good in that position. Um, after having you know, a few seasons really struggling of where he fits in in a team, you know, a few years ago, he was the best winger in the world. And then he, you know, he left, came back because he wanted to be a fullback. Um, and he did that fine. He, he, was, he was fine in that position. He had his good games, he had his bad games. But I think centre for, for Valentine is where he shines at them. Because he can do it at Clubland, he can do it at rep level, and he just knows what he has to do. So there's no chopping and changing. It's just consistently for him. Um, and I think he's been such a key part of Cowboys this year. Um, because he's now one of the more elder um, players in that team, just because they've got such a young group. So I, I think he will, um, he will take that other centre spot this year.
0: I agree. And I remember, I think we had this, we were talking before the podcast, we had this chat last year, this same chat, and I think I asked you or you asked me, Valentine Holmes, you know, he's, he's been playing better towards the back end of the year for the Cowboys. Do you like him at fullback? Do you like him on the wing? Last year, I think he played a few games at center. It was all yeah. over the shop. He got shuffled around and I was like, Liam, I still can't just, I can't get my head around, just leave him on the wing and I understand he's on huge money, da, da da. Yeah. And you said, mate, been getting better and you were kind of on his side. And I was like, all right. Yep. <laughs> I agree. Like he's, he's getting better. Maybe yeah. I'm too harsh on him. And then. Senna, he's found his spot defensively. He's yeah. a monster. Yeah, he's getting his hand on the ball as often at playing fullback. It's perfect. So I'm actually happy for him because I have been very <laughs> critical of him over the the past few years. Five eight. I had. We both had different players. I'll start. I had Dylan Brown. In regards to, I think he's played more games than our other yep. um, contestant. I guess you could say. Um, he's been fantastic. And then you brought up the point, like he was probably the Best 5-8 the first half of the season. But definitely. Definitely up. The Eels are kind of, they're falling down, unfortunately. Maybe they have a run to the finals, but who have you got locking in the six?
1: Yeah, I, I, had, I had Cam Munster, and you could make actually the same argument that Melbourne are kind of the same position at power maybe yeah. more so. They're falling away. Mm. Um, but I feel like in a, a, a team that is falling away, Cam is still consistently their best player. Um, and you know, you see how much he means to that side that, you know, got the Dolphins knocking on the door to try and get his services for 23, 24, whatever it is. Um, Melbourne won't let him go, despite, you know, any off-field stuff that he's done because they know how important he is to that, that side. And, I mean, everyone, uh, you know, saw, you saw his value um, in Origin and you actually saw it not in the game itself, but in the lead-up where once Munster was ruled out, People wrote Queensland off. I don't know why. (laughs) Fucking don't know why, but they did. And it just shows that that's how important he is to a team. I completely agree with Dylan Brown, that he would have been, if he'd kept the trajectory he had at the start of the year, uh, he would have been my 5'8th of the year. But I think Cam, um, who's been a bit more up and down than Dylan, but consistently, I think I just, I would trust him more. And he's just got that next level that Dylan isn't quite at yet.
0: Beautiful. I I can agree with that. I've got another left field question for you. We're just running with the flow here. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Dolphins apparently the rumours have come out over they've always been interested obviously but apparently new figures have come up now $1.3 million a season. Yeah. Storm have come out and made him do a press release about a month ago saying I'm going to be in Melbourne for 2023. Yeah. Do you believe it? Do you think... He stays with Melbourne next year, and then bang, he goes. Like, that's, that's monster money. That's life-changing kind of stuff. Like, he's at the back end of his... Year. What do you reckon he does? I know it's tough. What, what, how do you see this landscape playing out? Do you think Melbourne, are, if they slide this year, and then they're losing, you know, the Bromwich boys, Kofusi and stuff, yeah. the cheese is gone. Oh, shit, maybe we have to move a few, few feathers around to make room for him and offer a bigger deal, keep Munster at the club, just how crucial he is. How, do you, how does it unfold, mate? Yeah, it's a tough one because I actually
1: think Melbourne, they, money won't be a problem because because they are losing a few players. Um, they will have enough to keep him. They, they want to go to the lengths that the Dolphins are. The Dolphins comes with, um, there's things there that Melbourne can't match, which is Wayne Bennett. Munster loves playing under Bennett. Now, he loves playing under Bellamy too, and he's been on record saying as much. Um, but I feel like he's a Queensland boy. Um, the opportunity to go back home on good money and play under Bennett and be their marquee uh, would be huge. And look, I'll say, I'll say maybe he's their 24. I'll say there's a good chance because I feel like the Dolphins are at the point now where they haven't been able to sign a real marquee player that they are just going to go all out. The 1.3 million, I, I actually don't mind that. Monster. Munster, okay. when you are at the desperation point, they are. Mm, okay, um, okay. So I agree. So I could see Munster, and it, they've been very. he's been very careful with how he's worded things, which is, I will be at the Storm in 2023. So I can see him going, you know what? I'm going to sign with the Dolphins 2024, and I'll give you the best Cam Munster of 2023 in uh, that That's how I see it playing out, um, because I just think it's going to be too much for him to um, ignore... And with Melbourne, what is there left for Munster to like do in Melbourne?: I agree. Um, and Melbourne maybe as all these players go, he doesn't want to go out with them all for next year, but he gives one more year to let them you know uh, bring someone in um, so that they're in an okay spot. Um, I still trust the Melbourne system that they will have someone there um, to to go into that position if he goes and they'll still have pappy and Hughes and grant so they'll be okay and i feel like that's probably might be something that he considers like am i leaving them in an all right position Mm. and then take this for my uh for my family because he's got a young young
0: family now so something to consider you nailed it mate and it's probably spot on regards to he waits until post 23 all those other boys leave and he's like given the the club that's given him all these opportunities, the best chance to kind of rebuild or get that, not rebuild, but get the next guy in. Yeah. And he probably gains all that respect and love from all the fans. So yeah. Love it. Love it. So you reckon he's gone? Yeah. uh, 24. I I think so. Beautiful. The halfback position. I think it's pretty simple. If obviously Benny Hunt wins the Daliam, it's straight in, but other players that are honorable honorable mentions for us, mate, who are they? Yeah, so uh,
1: Cleary, obviously, you know, being in the way Penrith are going, and he's been a huge part of that. Uh, Nico Hines from the Sharks, who's been um, arguably one of the buyers of the season. Um, I agree. You know, he's sometimes players leave that Melbourne system and they struggle, but, but he's really found his feet in, in that Cronulla system um, under Fitzy. So uh, he's been strong. Up. I said arguably by the season, this man might be the one who tops it, which is Adam Reynolds. Um, what he's done for the Broncos uh, has been, you know, outstanding. And um, he's really brought that team back to, to the prestige that the Broncos had for such a long period. And I feel like, because uh, he's had the issues, he's missed a few games through various injuries uh, this year. And that's something, hopefully, that he'll be able to, for the rest of the season, push on with and stay on the field. Uh, because he makes
2: such a difference to that side. Um, and then I think um, Chad Townsend. um, Mm, Nice. Yeah, I think him. I mentioned earlier, or it might have been off off air, that um, looking at him
1: coming to the Cowboys for this year, it wasn't. It was like, oh, that's okay. Um, someone to help develop the next half. But he's done a really good job at what he needs to, um, and he's really helped that playing group. Um, and he deserves a lot of credit for that, not just as someone who's allowed others to shine, but but his own game. Um, and you know, you saw him; he wasn't involved in the final side, but he got called up into Origin because they saw what his character was in playing through the Cowboys. Um, and then I will, because I, I feel like I haven't <laughs> given Para enough credit this year. Uh, this podcast, which is uh, Mitch Moses, mm. um, who I, I think he still leads in triassists. He does. Yep. A- and there's a, there's a bit of a gap. So he, he's been consistently really good. And, um, you know, we talk, I feel like we talk uh, every year about Mitch Moses is that he just needs to get to the next level. And I feel like he is on the right trajectory. It's probably just not as uh, high consistently as it needs to be, but he's on the
0: right way. Especially at the start of the year, I was bloody, and especially yeah. at the start of the year. He was, playing some really good football. And I might talk a bit of shit about Parramatta and all that, but like legit, he was playing really good. And he was taking the line on And that's when Parramatta play their best football. I've said it a million times. He plays direct. Run the football, mate, 15, 16 times. And his long kicking games, fantastic. Anyway, I I agree. That's a good shout, mate. Benny Hunt to lead the troops round for our team of the year prediction. Hooker. We talked before. Mm. Damian Cook. Bunnies have struggled in that mid part origin period of the year before that he, that, you know, their performance kind of reflects on him, yep. he's been a bit out of shape, even for the last few years, but yeah, I think the last month of football, things are going good for him. We talked about Harry Grant, and I'm still struggling to see him put in full 80 minute performances, or right, when that happens, it's usually blowouts at the start of the year, Melbourne are just 50 nil, 40 nil, 36, 12, just shitting it in. Yeah. And we both agreed it might be biased, but maybe there's honourable mentions I've missed. But Apu Corrissay, I just feel like I yeah. just think he's just been the most consistent. In regards to his defence, is phenomenal. Bringing the forwards on, creating opportunities for his outside playmakers, Yowie, Cleary, um, even what he did last night for Lua, that little fake grubber kick out the yeah. back. Oh, shut the gate. Yeah, agreed. Dis- yeah, yeah, I, I
1: agree, and I've, I, I, think I was so close to putting out in last year, um, it, because I, I see. You know, Cleary um, gets a lot of the praise for Penrith's spine and their attack. Jeez, Coraceau plays such an important role. And, yeah, it's a lot of, like, what he does, um, you know, when he's got the ball that isn't just getting it to uh, Luai or Cleary or whoever. Um, It's, you know, whether he spots um, a player offside and he'll get a six again, it's when he knows to go for the try at the line, it's when he uh, get that play, the ball, run up into the line, and then pass it off. Or like what he did last night, which was the fake kick, he's really good at deceiving a defensive line. Um, And I feel like he's done that very consistently this year, which, yeah, like you said, Damian Cook's been very much reflective of South's season, which is when they haven't been going well, he hasn't really had a chance To do his best and then last month or so or when they've had a really good game that's when he can go off the back foot but i don't think he creates as much as chorus does and i feel like grant who maybe has the most potential out of all of the hookers um to be the best um this year just hasn't some reason found that consistency to do it week in week out uh two other uh, names I'll just mention as, as honourable mentions: Reese Robson from the Cowboys.
0: I know you love him. I know yeah, you. Yeah, I, I really liked
1: him for a long time, um, and he was also, I believe, in the Blues' game free extended squad. And he has been a really uh, key part of their what they've built for the last few years. Um, no matter how they were going, I thought Reese Robson was a, was a really strong part of that uh, part of that team. And then the other ones: uh, Reid Marnie and mm. uh, Para um who I think they are really gonna miss next year when he goes to the dogs because he's just a just a t- a classic tough little hooker. Mm. Um and you know, he he also brings a lot of energy when he goes over or he does something. So I, I think he is someone that, you know, the right environment or the right time could, you know, take of the year and years to come. If if whatever Bulldogs are building out there uh, pays off.
0: Yep, I agree with Reid. last year, he was on that just that elevation, and he was arguably like, he's probably still arguably a top five hooker in the NRL. Mm. And I feel like maybe it's similar to Cookie, like with the Eels over the last months, just slumping. His performances have kind of been similar. He hasn't. I think last year he was in better form than this year, but he's certainly an elite top quality hooker. So, yeah, Appy for us wearing the nine. His marker work is elite around the ruck. The big boys up front, mate, the front rowers, Mm. this is interesting. I know I had a name that popped to my mind straight away. And then, not that you disagreed with it, but you had a few others. So what are you thinking about for the front row? We've got two two front rowers, obviously. Yeah, so I think I'd be happy with
1: locking in Fisher Harris as one of them. Uh, Just what he's done for Penrith this year. um, You know, you got to see him, Kiwis, uh, he was phenomenal. I think he's just the elite one of the elite forwards of our game right now. Um, similar to what Jared, uh, where Hargreaves was a number of years ago when roosters were at their peak. Cause um, fish
0: isn't like that. He's a workhorse, but he's not like that. Put out massive numbers. Yeah. Like he can do it. He's, there's games where he runs over 200 meters, makes 40 plus tackles, but he probably doesn't have, well, he can play 80, but that pain engine, as you said, I love that resemblance of Jared, where Hargreaves cause he's just that, that mongrel, that, just, I'll get in your face, that elite kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for, mate? I don't know. <laughs> just like an enforcer. He's just yeah. like an enforcer. Yeah. That's it, the, enforcer. Definitely the enforcer. the enforcer. The right, enforcer. Yeah. Whether it's, yeah, the big hits, the line speed. It's not necessarily all the little knick-knacky stats, post-contact meters and stuff. Just an enforcer. Scary fucker.
1: Yeah. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Um, and then I know for our second prop, that's where there was a bit of debate.
0: Um, I know I had Payne Haas and you had Joey Tarpany. Yeah. I thought Joey Tarpany straight away, just I've been I really maybe it's super coach as well, like I'm always glued onto him. Yeah. Number ten on the back. His footwork at the line is elite. That offload tackle busts. But I totally understand Payne Haas as well. And now just thinking about it and maybe it reflects on the team performance as well. Or well, not team performance, but when the team's generally going better, you know yeah, them more exactly. up there. Yeah. Definitely. So maybe Cain tops my Tarpany, unfortunately.
1: It's a tough one, though, because I I still am, like, really high on Tarpany. And I think um, I could make an argument he's been their most important player this year, um, you know, apart from Whiten. I, I just think what he's done in that team has just been phenomenal um, alongside Papali. But, yeah, it is kind of a case sometimes where um, because Broncos have become this absolute dominant team this year and um, they're getting all the praise, and rightfully so. Canberra, who are, at the moment, they're, they're on, a, on a bit of a momentum uh, roll. We're trying to get into the eight, but they were struggling a bit earlier in the year. And while they were, Tarpany was still, I think, delivering the performances he gives now. So I, re- I really, it's hard to split the 2 mm.
0: I'm happy to go Payne Haas though. We even talked prior to the podcast like how these Team of the Year awards or how you get picked because sometimes we feel like it's not even the Dalian points because sometimes like the yeah. wingers and stuff don't get points. Like it's who's been the best or who scored the most tries. It's so hard to pick. Yeah. So I, I'll, we'll go Payne Haas but then back to that point maybe he, his injury, being out yeah. for a while, yeah. not playing as many games, factors in but then if you're going, he would have got two or three points the other night, or two points the other night. Like, yeah. he's probably going to get more votes than Tarpany. It's hard, but we'll, we'll lock in Payne Haas. Yeah. But I'm hoping Tarpany can sneak in. Yeah, it'd be good. End of the year. Back row, mate, we've we both agreed on one. Yep. And it's funny, actually, because last year we did the same thing and we didn't have Kickout. Yeah. We thought, no way. And he actually got picked last year for team of the year. This year, we've locked in Kickout in the 11 jersey on that left side for us. Yes. Easy pick? Easy pick, because I actually think
1: Kikao is better than what he was last year, mainly on the defensive side of things. Um, he is really, and maybe not so much at the start of the year, but a few, few rounds in, I feel like he really turned on the defensive mindset. Um, and I think he's just been so key out on that edge um, in, in the defense and, and attack. Like um, Whether it's pressuring a kicker, I mean, he's had so many. I think he leads the charge downs this year. Um, and a number of them have led to tries. Like, he's become less... I feel like at times he could get a bit lazy. He might um, do a hit-up or two, and then he might kind of go over a bit onto the wing. But this year, the later half of this year, he's definitely got himself more involved to try and make those tackles and defensive things and get down. Um, If there's been a kick placed, he'll try and be one of the first few down there because, (laughs) like, there can be... Few things scarier in the NRL than Viliami Kikau barreling down the field <laughs> at a poor, you know, young fullback or winger who just hopes to God they can step
0: out of his way in time. No, I love it, mate. I love it. And then the other second row position, I had Papa Leahy. He was there last year. I yep. feel like he's taken not the next step, next gear, but he's just been very consistent for Para.
1: Yeah, he hasn't, hasn't gone backwards, which is the big thing.
0: Yeah. But then, once again, I feel like Brad Arthur's just, he keeps chopping and changing his forward pack. I think it's more settled now, but over the last month or before, prior to that, yeah. they put Papali here in the middle. Then he was on an edge. back to like It was all over the shop. And yeah. I think right at, for that Eels side, on the right, mm. running off Mitchell Moses yep. is... That's his spot. That's his yeah, spot. That's where he needs to and he's, he's bulldozing people. He's tr- scoring tries. And he's playing 80. Like, he's got a pretty big engine for a big boy. Like, yeah, as you said, the consistency's been there. Yeah. But an origin player, mate, someone who made their debut this season. Who is it? Jeremiah Nanai. Um, I was big on Jeremiah
1: when I spoke to you earlier this year. Yeah, you were. Um, and I've just loved everything that he's done for the Cowboys, like being an aerial threat, um, strength, speed. Uh, he's just gone into the, onto that Cowboys. I think he's on their right edge, um, and he's just dominated players And quite a few games where he was probably best on ground um, in a team that had a lot of players performing at their peak. So, yeah, I mean, for a rookie, it's been phenomenal, and um, it'd be, it'd be, he'd be the one for me to take it
0: from Papa Lee. I'm happy to, to do that. Yeah. I'll tell you why, because I'm just looking right now. He's the top. Forward, top try scoring forward in the competition right now. Mm. And it is not even close. So yep. he's got 12 tries. Yep. The next forward...
2: The next forward, as I still scroll, is out with eight. Yeah. Papalihi
0: with eight. There you go. Yeah. So there's your top three. And I guess... Wait, let's lock him in. Yeah. Let's lock him in. I love that. And I guess you... I forgot, to bring, I forgot to bring it up on the potty before, but Rookie of the Year, you think he's got that locked up? I think so.
1: I think Rookie of the Year this, this year, it comes down to, and maybe I'm forgetting someone, um, but I'll give four names, which are uh, Jeremiah I, Talon May, Ezra Mam, and Xavier Savage, uh, who all would qualify. Um, I think uh, both Talon and uh, Jeremiah played one game each last year. Xavier played under five. Um, And Ezra's obviously debuted this year um, in, in the side that uh, with the Broncos side where uh, Reynolds was the clear choice for halfback and it was who would partner him. I think he's done an excellent job um, in the back back half of this year. So I see Nanai taking that um, just on his form. Like if he's going to be the second rower of the year, it's a good chance he's probably taking
2: that. Perfect, mate. The last spot,
0: the lock. I'll let you fire away who we've locked in and then who we've locked in in <laughs> yeah, the lock position. Who's, who's and
1: the then. Lock. Uh, lock for lock is Isaiah. Yeo. Um, and it's just a matter of consistency and everything he's, he's been able to do this year. It, there isn't much to say that I feel like I didn't say this time last year when I said it would be, yo. and you could probably say the same thing every week of why he should be there, which is just, he's consistent. He's a, he's He's a lock with a halfback's mind, um, one of the smarter players in the game and one of the vital pieces to Penrith's success, and someone who I think will not look out of place in a green and gold jersey at the World Cup this year. He will not let anyone down. Um, and I actually think there's a few names here um, in this position that – I think it's just a shame that Yo is in this class. It just makes it hard for them. The one I really want to uh, kind of shout out is Pat Carrigan, um, who not only has he has he had a a killer year for both the Broncos and Queensland. I'd say the best debut I've ever seen for maybe either state. Yep. Um, I mean, he was Player of the Series in his rookie year against very tough competition, but he's also coming off an ACL. And it's, I can't remember where I was reading it, but it, it's like one of the best comeback seasons from that type of injury that's been seen in the game. And I would only give it to Yo just for the sheer fact that he had an advantage of, you know, starting uh, from, from the start this year. And uh, I think Carrigan just had to miss a few games. But I'll tell you what, he's, he's right up there. And he is going to be um, a Queensland captain is going to probably be a future australian captain and he's got so much of his career ahead of him so uh then you throw in someone like a jake trevojevich who is probably not given as much credit as he deserves and a lot a lot and fairly goes to his brother um to tommy but jake has always been such a consistent player for Manly and for New South Wales, Mm. um, to the point where we didn't have him in that first game of Origin and the difference was in game one and two
2: was measurable. So I think locking Yohe in a tough field. Love it, mate. That's our team of the year.
0: Um, I'll quickly spin through it. So, yeah, team of the year with Liam. These are our... I guess just our predictions. We'll see how many we get right. I think last year we got 11 out of yeah, 13. We didn't do too badly. We'll see how this year goes. <laughs> this year. We'll see. So we've got Tedesco at fullback, the wingers Alex Johnston and Ronaldo Mulatalo. Centre pairing Valentine Holmes, Joey Manu in the six, blonde-haired freak Cam Munster and Benny Hunt in the seven jersey. We're predicting or hoping or expecting him to take the Daliam as well. Hooker, happy chorus We love his work around the ruck. Touches everyone out. Gets the forwards on the front foot. Big forwards on the front foot. James Fisher-Harris and Payne Haas. Our props. Big scary boys. Our lock, we just talked about. Joey. I think he's been, yeah, at the top of his game for the last two or three years. Quite phenomenal. And our back rowers. Big barnstorming. Viliami Kikau and Jeremiah Nano. With him collecting the Rookie of the Year Award. Yeah. Um, coach of the Year, Todd Payton. I'd happy to go
1: Todd Payton or, if we had to pick one. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, Yeah, we'll go Todd Payton or um, Fitzy and the Sharks. It's Gibbon, but we'll see.
1: I think yeah. there's, it's, yeah. it's, I think it might be the hardest position to pick. It might come it, down it,
0: to who finishes above each other it, on the it, table. It might.
1: Um, but, yeah, I think
0: it's the hardest, including the players, is the coach. Awesome. We were going to do that eligibility chat, but I think we'll just put that on. We'll put <laughs> yeah. that a rain check for another day. We've been going for a while, mate. Um, yeah. Footy's about to start. Yep. Yeah. Contenders, pretenders, that's all been discussed. Liam's top eight predictions, I agree. We've got a few different positions. Um, we'll see how that all pans out the rest of the year, and I reckon we'll get you back on towards the finals or whenever yeah. you're ready. We'll yeah. um, Keen. Got some NFL chat again. If you are keen to run it back this year, always. Well, um, yeah, we'll figure stuff out, mate. So, yep. been a blast. Appreciate your time. Any last comments or? I, I think uh, go go the Mighty Panthers, mate. Awesome, love it. Thanks, Liam. No worries. Appreciate work, mate. it, mate. Let's go. Woo. Thank you for listening to Paddy's playable. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's much appreciated. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page, at Paddy's Playbook. We post fun, engaging content every single day. Once again, we really appreciate your support. See you next time. Let's go.